Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Introducing Nucleus, the Wi-Fi home intercom with auto answer. Nucleus allows you to connect with the people you love, whether they're downstairs or across the country. Learn more at NucleusLife.com. Hi, I'm JD. I'm Peterson. This is Spencer. And we're the 3-Bit Gamer Show, where we fight about video games. No, we don't. Yeah, we really do. Ugh. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at 3-Bit Gamer Show. Pants are optional. Hi, it's me, Bill, and uh, it's the Let's Go Eat Show. And uh, this time on the Let's Go Eat Show, we're trying a little bit of an experiment. You know, I've always been of the opinion that you don't have to be famous, you don't have to be notorious, you don't have to be someone in a, a position of prominence in an exciting or a dangerous job to have a good story to tell. You can just be a person who lives in the community and, and has a job, and but, you know, you start talking to people, Almost everybody has an interesting story to tell. So the two people on the Let's Go Eat show this week are a couple of people I've kind of gotten to know a little bit over the last uh, few years. Uh, and, you know, talk to them here and there and at a, at a cocktail party or two, but never really an in-depth conversation. But I always thought to myself, you know, Ivy is really an interesting person. And her husband, Josh, who I know less, also a really interesting person when I talk to him. Well, let's try an experiment. We'll sit down, we'll do an, uh, an edition of the Let's Go Eat show, we'll record a show, and we'll talk to Josh and Ivy and see if they do have interesting stories to tell. Well, by God, they did. Uh, we went to the uh, Avenue's Bistro on 3rd, and um, the food was great. The hospitality was great, and it smelled really good in there. They make all of, the, like, all of their own pastries and things like that. Uh, so you should check that place out, the Avenues Bistro on 3rd. We went down into the basement of that place. There's a little place down there called the Speakeasy. It was dark and it was cold, and they brought, but they brought us some delicious food, and uh, we talked with Josh of uh, E3 Modern. You'll find out about that. And Ivy, his wife, who runs booze teak so here it is the let's go eat show with just a couple of people couple of friends josh and i stick your mouth on it have you ever been in a band or anything josh have you ever used it that way yeah no i had a recording studio years and years ago mm -hmm. in the 90s mm -hmm. so that was about the most musical thing i did Played the drums. Um, so, uh, uh, and we're rolling just uh, don't. And, oh, if you want to change your headphone volume. Uh, I don't know which That's one. That's good. That one's me. So. Ivy, how does that sound? Is that loud enough? Do you want more? Do you want it up? Uh, how's no, that? Now? 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 Good? Now Lower? Ivy. Less? More? <laughs> Ivy's a really quiet talker, too. Yeah. So. Sorry. You gotta, what? I am a quiet talker. You gotta put See, your, I can't hear her. You got to put your my, mouth on the muff. <laughs> <laughs> You're so dirty. Josh. Josh. He'll it's twist just, anything into... No, but yeah. I just meant... The, that's what it is. It's a muff. It is a muff. You know, you know it, and, but it's okay. It's a podcast. You can say you can say any dirty thing you want. Nobody will. Nobody says a thing about it as that's a general true. rule. Nobody writes letters no. to the manager? No. They're, well, he, Dylan's the manager. 
Yeah, I'm just trying to think. You know, we've never gotten an angry letter or email. Well, what the fuck are we doing wrong? That's <laughs> yeah. what I want to know. Kind of is a bummer, it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is kind of an interesting uh, departure of a podcast uh, for the Let's Go Eat show in that um, uh, we're talking uh, – we're going to talk to a couple of people who are people yeah. rather than – Although you guys are sort of local celebrities in your own way, but, mm. yeah, I mean, really. But not like, I mean, you know, we'll talk to political people or things like that. But I don't know. I'm just talking to, uh, Josh, I don't even know what your last name is. It's Stipic. Josh Stipic. Stipic. Uh-huh. Is that Slavic? It is. You're yeah. right. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, and then our, our dear sweet friend, uh, oh. Ivy. Ivy. Ivana is your real name, right? I, yep, Ivana. Ivana Ernst. Yeah, you know why? Because my dad wanted to go on a mission to Russia and convert the commies to Mormonism. And he's like, <laughs> so you, I'm going to name my first daughter the Russian name. Russian people are like, no, that's not Russian. Actually, it's Bosnian or something. So, so you see, we're already interesting people of Salt Lake. Ivy, how long did your dad go on the mission to Russia? Uh, no, he didn't make it that far. Did he? Where, where did he go? Well, he went to Montana somewhere. <laughs> but then, <laughs> he was super disappointed. <laughs> but he wanted to go on a mission with my mom, but they didn't live long enough. They're not. They're neither one of them are around anymore. Yeah, I'm an orphan. How? Well, how? Um, so Ivy owns Boostique. You may you may know that, uh, and uh, Josh. Uh, Sort of owns the other. I mean, he owns part of that. In that, you started the store there with your um, stereo equipment. I did. Yeah, it was unfortunately my bad idea, but it's been a great idea, but a bad idea. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not really a money making venture. No. <laughs> like, come in and buy this audio equipment that cost you know half a million dollars. Yeah. You- now, Josh, tell, let's let's start with that though. Tell the story of. Uh, and Josh, you also have a, a, a metal fabricating yeah. business, uh-huh. yeah. Like you make uh, decorative railings and yeah, anything. Uh, rusty planters. Yeah, rusty. <laughs> did some planters for my <laughs> wife out of steel, and they're all rusted, Josh. Yeah, I know. And, and rusty, rusty planters won a country music award the other night. He's great. The r- rusty, planters. <laughs> rusty planters. I'm Rusty Planters. <laughs> I'm rusty Planters. Uh, what's the name of your fabrication company? It's E3 Fabrication. E3. Mm-hmm. And then, so then you, well, I started reading the story of how you came to make that uh, stereo equipment, uh, and that, you call that company E3 Modern, right? Yeah, well, E3 Modern is just the, the business downtown. Originally, my audio company was called Electron Love. Okay. Electron LUV. Mm-hmm. And that one we did full time from 2001 to 2007. So me and a couple of my brothers, we would just build stereos for guys across the world. So so how did that come about that you did that? It was that recording studio. So back in the 90s, I had a recording studio that recorded a lot of pretty cool bands. Mm-hmm. So just local, local bands. bands. Yeah, yeah, I recorded mm-hmm. hundreds of local bands mm-hmm. from like 93 to... 2000 2001 and i couldn't afford the equipment i wanted because it all costed too much so, so i learned for, how to, to record the bands yeah, 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 uh-huh. so i mean i got i had a ton of equipment but to make digital sound good back then you had to have tube stuff mm-hmm. and so then that's what i started dabbling with tube stuff and figuring out how to fix it and all that now what does that mean that you have 
you had to have tube stuff to make digital because I think of of tubes as being something long gone from from modern recording and uh, you oh, know there's it's still like tube stuff still kind of helps add some warmth and some kind of I don't I don't know some kind of harmonics in the digital domain mm-hmm. that make it sound better like most a lot of preamps and microphones that even they're used these days even these days they still run through tubes to mm-hmm. kind of add that quality to really the, yeah. Oh, so uh, we should say we're uh, recording this uh, uh, podcast, the Let's Go Eat Show, at the Avenues Bistro, uh, which is on 3rd Avenue. And uh, what's the exact address? Five, what something, 550. What's the exact address here? I believe it's like... The waitress. Five something. 540, 550. 540, 550, something like that. Anyway... Uh, on Third Avenue, yeah, in the, the Avenue, side of the street, in the avenues, they actually got shut down once. We were talking about that while you were upstairs. Uh, they, I remember, there ha- somebody was hassling them about the patio yeah, or something. You could see people drinking mimosas, yeah, on Sundays. Someone God didn't forbid. like that, yeah. Well, that and, and God, it would just well, it will turn kids into alcoholics and make Mormons want to run away from their churches and jump into the patio <laughs> and have a mimosa. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, so anyway, we're talking about the uh, uh, building the stereo equipment. Uh, you, so you started building these stereos, these sound systems, is that what you're calling them? Well, yeah, first I made just equipment for my studio and then monitors and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then uh, I guess I just kept getting more and more into it. And yeah. then I kind of got into a genre of tube amps that was like really low-powered tube amps. And so when the tube amp, when the amp is just really low powered, then you have to have big horns because they have to be really efficient. The speaker does. So it can take low power and make it loud. Mm-hmm. And then hence that's, and that's what they had to do back in the day because all they had was low powered amps and big theater horns because mm-hmm. that's all anyone really, they either had those weird kind of stereos mm-hmm. back in the day or you went to the movie theater and they had, you know, had to fill up big auditorium. And so, so and then like your turntable. Uh, uh, it, it's 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 a massive piece of steel or something. What do you talk, and it's belt driven. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, the turntable. We usually machine them out of aluminum or stainless, and we try to make the platters really heavy, the part that you put the record on. So then, and then we use a piece of dental floss and a small motor. And the once you get the inertia of that big heavy platter going, then it has no kind of variation in speed and all that. And so that's kind of been like an audiophile thing for years and years is to just use big heavy platters so it and so it's always 33 and a third yeah, yeah it's rpms all, mm-hmm. and it and you and you can get that to just be constant yeah yeah uh-huh you get it constant i like to there's a lot of different ways people do it but i like to use uh there's a, a motor called a synchronized motor which synchronizes to the frequency from the power plant which is at 60 hertz i'm sure you've heard that before no <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah now we're starting to get out into where i don't really know what the hell's going on but anyway that, that 60 hertz never changes like the voltage might go up and stuff like that but 60 hertz never changes so it's kind of a motor designed uh. around hertz and that motor is really constant and then uh and then that and then you make the pulleys and the mm-hmm. size of the platter to just be 33 and a third. And just, dental floss? And dental floss. Even well, black dental floss. What does the black dental floss do? It's just black, It's just dental floss, but who ever thought of making black dental floss? That's ridiculous. No, it's, well, it's, 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 
No, because you can't tell what you're getting off your teeth because it it's just black. turns that color. It turns that color. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, it was. It, it comes black. out bl- yeah, of the yeah, package yeah. black. One of my friends yeah gave it to me, and it comes out of the package well, black. But how can, can you use how can you use a, be, uh, a dental floss to be to, to be a driving? Uh, it doesn't seem like it would be strong enough. It is though. That's what's crazy. Is like yeah. dental floss is stronger than I've used surgical thread, which was really strong and all that. Mm-hmm. But it just. I don't know. The dental floss works great. Did you Last figure that out on your own, or did oh, you see no. somebody else doing there's, that? Yeah, there's been You're, people doing it for a long time. And then, and then you so so, and then I want to see if we can paint just a mental uh, picture for people of what these things, these sound systems look like when they're complete. Those big sp- speakers, which you call horns, mm-hmm. they're the huge. Kind of, yeah, they're kind of like big tulips, kind of you know, yeah. like it's like a tulip set on its side. Uh-huh. And they have to be a certain size for a certain frequency. So you kind of have these big white tulips that are trying to kind of look Art Deco because I've always been influenced by trains and, you know, old cars, mm-hmm. all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So kind of look. And then, uh, yeah, and then you got glass bulbs that are shiny, like light bulbs that actually the music goes through. And a lot of stainless and copper They're for beautiful. the amps. Uh, but everything uh, serves a function in addition to, yeah. the, to the way I look. Mm-hmm. Uh, if just So our, our listeners, if they wanted to look at maybe some pictures of what you built, is there a place they can go online or in person? Uh, in, yeah, they could go to E3 Modern, just on 315 East 300 South, and see the stereo there in person. Mm-hmm. Or you can uh, go to uh, my... Uh, electronlove.com has some all right photos mm-hmm. or you can just google image electron love or josh stippick and scroll through tons of they're, crazy they're stuff ju- they're incredible looking they're yeah. they are pieces of art and they sound great i mean they really sound wonderful yeah, the, that's what i mean that's the big reason i i like to try to make them look cool i mean mm-hmm. that's one it's fun to make something interesting but it's trying to make them sound super cool so a system like that uh, it, it, there's the one in the store on third, uh, third south, and um, just just above fourth east, there, right? Yeah, or three fifteen. Yeah, th- oh, three fifteen. That's right. It's east around the corner from the liquor from the wine store. Yeah, the yeah. good one. Uh, so uh, there's that one there. Do you ha- have you built other? You have built others. Mm-hmm. Have you sold any of them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've made two dozen amps over the years, mm-hmm. and. Two really big horn installations. One went to a guy in Cyprus. Them, they were a lot bigger than the one that's on that I have here. And the one in Cyprus, I I traveled there back and forth for like two or three years, making that guy all sorts of different amplifiers and mm. speakers. And what did pre-amps. he want to use them for? It was just music? that. Just yeah, just music. for his house. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, he he was just kind of like. He was a he was a very wealthy guy that his hobby was just buying stereo equipment and wow. and he kind of was like a patron of the arts for so he would buy stereo stuff mm-hmm. from all the kind of weirdos that make cool stuff all over the world and so well so being one of those weirdos that as you are can't uh, what is a system like the one in the store right that's there right now and the one I've always seen what what would you sell that for that one I would sell for probably about fifty thousand dollars for a whole system, like, like the mm-hmm. turntable, the amps, the horns. So like, it's a it's a pretty expensive stereo. system. Yeah, yeah that one to be pretty expensive because it kind of takes a lot of time for someone to make and all that. Mm-hmm. I've the guys in Cyprus, his ended up being like a half a million Jeez. in stereo stuff, and then oh my phone. Oh, it's okay. Oh. Uh, you you can 
you can answer it even if you want, and I'll is talk to Ivy from, for a second. Maybe it's a guy from Cyprus. Yeah, it's a guy who wants. It's a guy who wants. So, so that's that's a. Uh, but you you said at the outset this is not a money. This has not been a money maker for you. No, I think if you were good at marketing and and ran it more like a business, you could probably get it to there because there's a lot of successful audio businesses. But mm-hmm. like they say in audio, to make a million dollar i don't remember what they say anymore but it's like to make a million dollars you had to spend five million or something really yeah i mean it there's because you have to do all the shows and you have to market and you got to get distributors and dealers and come up with actually a product that you would you know Mm -hmm. sell and Mm -hmm. you'd stick with that because i've always just kind of made one-off pieces i kind of which which sort of increases their value though i mean yeah only if there's enough weirdos that will pay for that (laughs) to pay for that price yeah downtown salt lake city is kind of a hard uh place to sell high-end audio Mm -hmm. yeah people said you should be in new york city or la there used to be a Harmon card carbon dealer yeah there's there's a couple there's a couple like high-end audio dealer guys but it's gotten less over the years utah is just not really a market for it yeah but it's funny because it's a state where there's actually a lot of audio manufacturing here. There's a lot of uh, audiophile guys that make stuff. There's just it's just kind of like a home theater, or people are just fine with mm-hmm. earbuds and whatnot. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty non-picky, really, about and and you know, but. yeah, and really, you don't have it's. I think it's pretty cool to have an awesome stereo. I think I think it was really cool that the baby boomer generation, because it was kind of a new thing and music and recorded music and all that was a mm-hmm. new thing. So they're really passionate about stereos and and all that. And I think maybe with the resurgence of vinyl, I think maybe the uh, the what you might call it, the millennials. Mm-hmm. I think some of them will get is more vinyl passionate re- about. Is vinyl really better, Josh? No, it's not really better. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It sounds really great, but uh, I mean, I it, and a, a, a good pressing on a record is really great. Mm-hmm. It's great for a little bit, and then it gets a little worn out, mm-hmm. scratchy, and, then, yeah, and it gets scratchy and all that. And mm-hmm. I think it's, I I think it's the whole process of it that is really great. Yeah. But I mean, when you can just go call up a bunch of music that you want to hear and stream it off of your phone, Spotify. I mean, that's or, what I, yeah. I use. Title and I I listen most. I listen ninety percent off of my phone yeah. through a special DAC. And and then on into the stereo and it sounds great. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, so the stereo is more important than the delivery system. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if you get a big stereo, it makes everything sound great. I mean, if you got a good stereo and it's tuned right, mm-hmm. it will make records sound great. Mm-hmm. It will make Spotify sound great. I mean, that's like cool. How many brothers do you have? I have two, three. Actually, three older brothers. One passed away years ago, and then I have a, a stepbrother. And a couple of them work in the uh, metal yeah. fabrication uh-huh. with you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Are you from Salt Lake? You guys from Salt Lake? We, yeah. The Stippics? The Stippics are originally from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. but I was born in Salt Lake. My oldest brother was born in Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. then they, in 69, drove over here right when they were landing on the moon. And <laughs> <laughs> my dad came out here for skiing and uh, a job. But Is he still around? Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. he just lives over in Holiday. Still skiing? He's still skiing, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the. I, I had the recording studio in his house for years, so I mean, he would have come home and turn on Sports Center. What about mom? And mom, she just lives down in Alpine. That's where mm-hmm. I grew up, is in Highland, mm-hmm. right by Micron. There was a artist community called Bull River, and so 
It was like where, like, if you ever heard of Gary Smith or Dennis Smith. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Roger Davis was a pottery guy. Mm-hmm. And all those guys kind of – Neil Hadlock, he was a sculptor. And they all grew up in this kind of cool neighborhood. And, like, my stepdad's name is Dave Adams, and he's a pretty well-known painter and sculptor. And so, Okay. I was wanted to know about growing up. How, how artistic were your parents and your family? What was the job you moved here for? Or my dad, he's, just, he was, he's a, uh, like an HVAC engineer. So, he, I mean, he's not mm-hmm. – he's artistic in the ways of heating and cooling. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Man, that's a hell of an air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. how it's a $500,000 air conditioner. He really does talk like that. He's, he's – yeah. yeah, he's really into cool. that stuff. I mean, he's a smart guy. And then my stepdad was an artist, and he worked at, like, a place called Wasatch Bronze that would do most of the art casting and metal mm-hmm. castings for people for years. And it switched to metal letters now. And so he worked there, and then – He's has done his art his whole life, mm-hmm. and then my mom is a graphic designer. And, oh yeah, and and so she does like uh, sign design for like she did like the Jordan Commons, the Megaplex theaters, and like the Huntsman Cancer Institute signs, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. Primary children, mm-hmm. so sign design and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I say that Josh has the trifecta of crazy. Um, because his mom is a graphic designer, his stepdad is an artist, his dad is an engineer, and he learned electronics and wiring yeah. from him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He learned welding from his stepdad. So he like all that stuff together. Like hardworking, gets... creative, and crazy. Those yeah, are the three I'm hearing. I'm crazy. Crazy. I like it. I like you're a, yeah, you're a little off center. Don't oh, tell but your that's mom okay. I said that. all right. That's all right. Uh, and then uh, Ivy. Um, What's, heard her. what's your backstory? You, I get the. I, I mean, I get the impression that you know a lot of people in Salt Lake, hmm. and a lot of people know you. Well, I just grew up in Salt Lake, mm-hmm. and I'm really outgoing, and I talk to people all the time, and I just, you know, get to know people, and I, I like to hear about their stories, and like where did you come from? Mm-hmm. So I'm get interested about people so now it's time to tell your story your parents good mormons apparently yeah really good mormons yeah. very very conservative oh, here comes some food here for, again we're at the uh, avenues bistro uh in uh um in here in salt lake on third it's on third uh and it's around five something oh that looks great bacon can't go wrong with bacon um, and where there's a so if you come to the out now if you want to uh, do something at the speakeasy this is you generally like uh, you have to reserve it or something I would think is that right yeah, you know? yeah. so there so the Avenues Bistro really nice upstairs they have a nice patio but then they're we're down in the basement the down in the the speakeasy where I guess you can rent it for I think people have lunch and they eat down here too mm-hmm. they just can't I don't know what happened with. The guy who complained to the city, so the, they said you can't have the speakeasy, you can't have the patio, you can't have, you can't do anything fun. Yeah. Mm. So so anyway, it's got uh, Ivy. You're um, uh, and we'll take a break here. Well, should we take a break now? Yeah. Anyway, we'll take a break and we'll come back and find out about your Mormon pioneer heritage. Oh, good. And how it is that you ended up being My a fallen woman. <laughs> and uh, we also want to talk about. Uh, uh, part of the reason uh, we're doing this podcast, too, is we want to discuss um, uh, multiple sclerosis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> Isn't it? It'll be hilarious. <laughs> if, if anybody can make MS funny. It's a fucking riot. <laughs> <laughs> just like... 
Uh, we'll talk about all that coming up on the Let's Go Eat show. It's time for technology to give you more family time, not less. Introducing Nucleus, the Wi-Fi home intercom with auto answer. Call from room to room or home to home with no monthly fees. No more yelling up and downstairs and no more struggling to set up Skype calls with grandma and grandpa. Nucleus is available today at NucleusLife.com. Use code GOEAT to get a special discount. What kind of uh, what kind of music are you guys listening to right now? Just get, get, make sure that mic. You have your headphones? There we go. What kind of music, Josh? What kind of music are you and Ivy listening? Do you have similar music tastes? No. No? Yeah, we do. Other than she doesn't really like <laughs> old country, and I love old country. No, I don't mind old country. I like oh, I like really old country mm-hmm. too. That's the only, pretty much the only. Or I mean, there are a few. I don't really like new country. There are a few uh, <coughs> new guys who sing old country style. You know, yeah, but there's a uh, couple. Oh, but I really like um, my headphones. Uh, Died. They did. Died. Oh, oh, are they back? Oh, there it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, like old country, like I mean, Hank Williams, Hank Williams. Or Tex yeah. Ritter. Or, uh-huh. mm-hmm, yeah. You ever hear? Do you ever listen to David Allen Coe? I don't think I have. I'm really bad with names, so I I might even have his record, and then I'll be like, oh, he's the uh, he's the uh, outlaw of country music. I mean, the true outlaw. Willie Whalen and me, those guys. Yeah, those guys are. They got that from David Allen Coe. Oh, they did. Yeah, and I think he, David Allen Coe wrote. He, uh, he wrote a really famous song that those guys do. Should I sing a little David Allen Coe for you? Yeah, I don't do this very often. I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison. So he's singing this song. It's called "You Never Even Called Me by My Name." That's the name of the song. You you know it says. You don't have to call me darling, darling, because you never even call me by my name. So anyway, he's singing this song, and then he and, and then he and then he starts doing a talking part of it. And he says, you know, after I wrote that song, I sent it to my friend, and it's a country artist you'd read, and I said, I think I've written the perfect country song, and and he said, no. <laughs> You have not written the perfect country song because it doesn't mention your mama, it doesn't mention a truck, and it doesn't mention prison. And I said, well, you're right. So here's the final verse of the song. And it has nothing to do with it. And he says, uh, so he sings, uh, and so I wrote this verse. I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison. Oh, it doesn't mention trains either. Oh, yeah. And I went to pick her up in the rain. But before I could get to the station in my pickup truck, she got run over by a damned old train. Well, I'll hang around as long as you will let me. And then he says, you'll never even call me by my name. You'd love him, David Allen. I'm going to go look it up. He's also an asshole who had three or four wives at the same time and Uh lived in a cave for a great period. That makes for good country music. Yeah. I think he... I think... He might be. A, he might have been a, uh, like a renegade Mormon too. Really? Yeah. yeah. David oh, Allen. Coates. David right. Allen Coates. Sounds like it with that name. You got to pl- play that for the interlude. Yeah. Is that what you call it? Sure. Sure. <laughs> we could play David Allen Coates. <laughs> so, mu- so music that we like. Uh, I've been digging the new Kendrick Lamar album. I've listened to that a lot oh, lately. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. And how about you? Um. Yeah, I like that. But I like. What people are calling these days is folk alternative. Alternative, like who? Like LCD sound system 
Daft Punk. Okay. There's mm-hmm. this band called, um, they're called Cigarettes After Sex. Cigarettes oh, yeah, After Sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good song. So, uh, Ivy. Yes. Uh, Ivy, the owner of the uh, Booze Teak yes. business, uh, which is uh, also uh, houses um, E3 Modern. Uh, what? So what prompted you to start Booze Teak? Well, so when Josh decided he wanted a place to have his stereo system, I was, I was all in. I'm like, we're going to sell so much stuff. It's going to be so cool. And then people would just come in and listen and you and all, and they would just leave and not buy anything. And I'm like, oh my god! Like ugh. for like a year, I was pretty much did nothing. And so I was going to the wine store one day to get a bottle of champagne for my friend who adopted a baby. And I asked them, where do I get um, a bag to put so I can a, a give this a gift? Decorative bag. Yeah. To put the and they're like, in. I don't know, the dollar store. And then, so I went over to the dollar store and I looked and I'm like, these are like crap. They're falling apart. They're broken. They're not even glued together. And I thought, why don't I just sell this stuff? Because I have a store around the corner. Around the so corner I, from the liquor store, the yeah. wine store, and so you, so the stuff you sell there is all liquor, drink, wine, booze related. Yes, accessories. Yeah, accoutrement. Accoutrement. Uh, I really and I really uh, like. I bought that ice crusher. My my wife makes fun of me for that. Uh, <laughs> fancy ice you know, ice crusher. So so uh, bartenders love those. I like it. It's uh, it's. First of all, you, you have to explain that it's uh, crushed ice is better for mixing a cocktail in a shaker than cubed ice is. Yeah. Yeah. You really need crushed or cracked ice. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, and, and now some refrigerators will do that. They'll make yeah. th- that, the crushed ice, the they cracked still come ice. They out in chunks, though. Yeah. Like big chunks. But, but this, so this thing that I bought at uh, Booze Teak, <laughs> it's a canvas bag, little canvas bag. A Lewis you, bag is what they call it. A what? A Lewis bag. A Lewis bag. Yeah. And you put the ice cubes in it, and you roll the top down a little bit so they don't escape, because you know you know how sneaky and tricky ice cubes can be. <laughs> you and can murder those things. And then, then also that comes with it is a big wooden mallet that has a flat end. I mean, it's it's long, rectangular, so you don't use it like a hammer end. You use the flat end of the mallet and you pound the ice and it usually takes only like four or five wax uh-huh. and you've got beautiful crushed and cracked ice however yeah. you want it bartenders uh, are actually really particular about how their ice is oh and they're and so bartenders even though you could get a machine that did that they're using yeah. the lewis bag I and mean, the mallet think about hsl they actually freeze big huge cubes of ice and then hand cut them so they're totally clear you're shitting me that's hsl that uh yeah. on sec uh, on second uh second yeah. to sell yeah have you seen them I like ha- cutting no. ice no into die cubes mm. yeah. yeah that's really because if you put hardcore yeah. if you put water into like a a cooler mm-hmm. and like have like six inches of water and put it in the, the cooler all the sediment will sink to the bottom and after you know, six hours, mm-hmm. you'll have completely clear ice, and then they cut it up. Uh, so, so they they have nice looking ice, and it's cut to the size they want it. Yeah, I'll be damned. That's what they do. That. 
We were uh, <clears throat> we were just in Vegas, my uh, Bill and uh, my little brother and I, and every place we went, he would order a, an old fashioned or, or a, a Manhattan. Manhattan. A Manhattan. Uh. Any drink with a cherry in it could never be good enough for oh him. Oh my God! Really? Because of the the dumb the Luxardo cherries. Yeah. That I had to hear I, about Luxardo cherries for the entire Vegas trip. So thanks. I mean, we went to that Here. a really high end. <laughs> Steakhouse. And they still the, didn't have it. The Voodoo Voodoo Lounge. Uh-huh. Uh, what is it called? The Voodoo Steakhouse and Lounge. Yeah. And that, uh, expensive steaks and and a nice place on top of the Rio. And they just put a damn just fucking maraschino cherry yeah. in there from the grocery store. Yeah. And they're like they're almost clear, but they would have a pink color to them. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, these are all like. Or you know, naturally made. Has they're not. They don't have any chemicals in them. They're really nice and they're tasty. Im- imported from uh, Italy. Yeah, Luxardo cherries. They're a thousand dollars a cherry. And <laughs> no, that, but no. but I told my eighteen-year-old uh, son. I said, uh, now, so my wife yesterday came home from work and there's an empty bottle, uh, an empty maraschino cherry bottle, and she said, don't. Buy these again because your son will eat every single one of them, Ew. and it's just not good for you. You know when you're, oh. you know, of, of the Luxardo. No, 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 oh, just regular store bought. No, just oh, yeah, the, yeah, the uh, whatever that Italian name is, Maraschino. Well, Maraschino. Actually, in if you're at people, diehards call it Marschino. Marschino. Marschino cherries. Mm. So, but I, uh, so, but I told him in no uncertain terms. You don't touch those Luxardos. You do not touch them. And he hasn't, except I said, you can try one. That might have been a mistake. He's, so he did try one, and he went, hmm, these are, these are pretty good. They're like a thousand <laughs> times better than the yeah. store ones. So I haven't checked the jar since I let him have one to see. You guys start counting them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really should. Cherry count. <laughs> Cherry count. When I, whenever I used to go to a fancy uh, bar, I used to like to order dirty martinis. That was mm. kind of my one. To I did check. that. Used to do that yeah. too. And I don't. I don't anymore. I like a gin martini. Uh-huh. And I and I I thought at some point. So the dirty martini for people who don't know is just uh, all, they put a little olive juice in it uh, from the olive that you're that they put in the martini. And uh, I I read I think I read this in a, a magazine or something about drinking and uh, the the guy writing said what 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 are you, what are people thinking with a dirty martini what, what that just makes no sense you if if you want gin and vermouth that's what you want it to taste like why do you fuck it up with with the uh, olive juice it's yeah, stupid. Josh. And uh, and I sort of thought about that, and I thought, yeah, you know, that kind of makes sense. And then the same article said, I used to say, I like a, a really dry martini. Uh-huh. The same article, the guy said, vermouth is an ingredient in a martini. Uh-huh. So why not have vermouth in it that you can tell it's there? You know, because a dry martini, yeah. you pretty much all you're tasting is the gin, which I—I mm-hmm. I mean, I like That's gin. What I like, yeah, I uh-huh. love just, and I like, and I happen to like down and dirty gin. You know, like that tastes like a pine tree, not. Uh-huh. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. juniper. Yeah. yeah, that's what I like. I don't. I'm, I'm not real fond of those. You know, floral and you know, they put the all ones. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, taste more rosy and all that. Yeah, and they you put like all it? kinds of uh-huh. botanicals in it. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so. 
So anyway, are you getting a special delivery here of some sort? Yes. What's <laughs> one of my children? This is one of one. your children. Yeah, this what? is Lola. Hi, Lola. How are you? Good. Nice to see you. What did you What did you bring? Did you bring something for your mother? No. No. Is it for oh, me? Looks like a no. Is it a Lewis bag? <laughs> no. It sort of looks like a report card. Uh oh. No, not, it's not a report card. Not at all. Okay. Well. <laughs> Oh, it is a report card. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Lola, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for stopping by. See ya. Oh, are you going to stay? Okay. <laughs> you can. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, she has to get a ride somehow. Get a ride so, so Ivy, uh, Mormon pioneer stock. Yes. Born and in, inbred right here yeah. in Utah. Uh, Literally, the, my, I don't know, my grandparents' parents were polygamists. Really? Yeah. Uh, and some of, and then they did some uh, of the um, your relatives come across the plains. Yeah. To, yeah. The you're you're a dup, a daughter of the Utah pioneer. Yes. Yeah. I'm also actually related to somebody from the Mayflower too. Hmm. Well, the first governor of Massachusetts. You can't talk. What today. was his name? William Bradford. Oh, that's right. William Bradford. So you, it, it seems to me, and I don't know why this seems to me. Because and you, you may not realize it, but you you know a lot about Salt Lake. Yeah, a lot about the history of Salt Lake, and yeah. you and you know a lot of people. Yeah, I'm just outgoing, friendly, nice. I'm ask people about where they came from, what they do, what mm-hmm. how they were raised. I'm just interested in people, and especially if they were raised Mormon. Yeah, I love seeing about that. That so that's my problem. I'm not very outgoing or friendly, and I don't care about people. <laughs> I'd have more friends if I was more like Ivy. I'm outgoing and friendly, but I don't have any friends. And you're not very nice. Well, it's because I no, it's mainly because I don't have time. I think for friends. I don't have sure. Okay, no. that's right. What do you mean I'm not nice? You have, you have time to crush your own ice <laughs> with a mallet and buy cherries from Mars, but no, well, you can't go out and talk to Joe. Well, I'm telling you, you have to pro- have priorities, and my <laughs> yeah, pri- I, my right. priorities are. Number one, drinking, yeah, and then number two, trying to go find friends. And usually, I'm too drunk to find them. <laughs> so, well, when, if you get drunk enough, friends will appear. Yeah. Nobody so, else will see them, but you'll see them. So, so Ivy, you, um, uh, uh, what? Uh, describe your career. I mean, you you are the a proprietor of a store right now, but what? Yeah. What have you you know trained to do anything, or no. did you go to college, or? Oh, uh, yeah, I did. Went to college for. Mm, I got a degree in art, which when, applies no. to pretty much nothing at yeah. the in U. the world. Yeah, at the U, I went to. I th- always thought that was hot. <laughs> you thought it was hot when yeah. I'm, I'm dating a college. Uh huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she's got a good. degree. She's, uh-huh. yeah. she's got gonna, a nice car and a degree. I'm gonna marry her. <laughs> marry her someday. And you did. I she's did. Good marriage material. Mm-hmm. How long have you guys been married? Uh, fourteen years, but we've been together for eight, almost eighteen. Really, yeah. eight. Amazing, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) So, so, uh, but what did you want to do? I mean, you said, okay, I'm going to major in art. Yeah, I wanted to be a painter for a long time, but but when I went to the U and I started out in art, I kind of I realized that there was a huge gap in people being able to design websites. Mm That looked nice. I mean, this was the '90s, and they looked like crap. <laughs> they looked horrible, and yeah. I'm like, "Well, can I design that?" And I just volunteered myself, not just turned into a career. So, uh, designing websites, that. yeah. 
Yeah. You still do that? Um, No. After my last job, well, I mean, I kind of was helping my mom kind of like end her life. Well, no, I wasn't helping her end her life. That sounds horrible. No, she (laughs) just was like at the end of her life, and I was just with her. You were were tending to your mother who was uh, in the process of dying. Yes. She had cancer, and she – so – after I, after she passed, I was like, you know what? I'm fucking out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't work want to work here. I actually asked them to fire me. Oh, you you work for a for, uh, for a business? Uh, yeah, a big, yeah, a barely big one, should I say? Yeah, go ahead. What what did you work for? Who did you work for? I worked for RC Willie. Oh, okay. And did and graphic I, design for them? Yeah, I was working on their website and I did all their email blasts that mm-hmm. now people hate. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I did those. <laughs> and so how your mom your mom died how what what your dad is gone too. What yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, my dad had he was actually born with birth defect and he had this like really large birth mark. Like all it's called a ma, uh, Mario Hemangioma. Mm-hmm. Something oh, Hemangioma. I, I know what it is, but yeah. It's like really yeah, it's dense. Called a hemangio- yeah. Hemangioma. And it's where and it'll get it'll get bigger and bigger yeah, and it'll get mm-hmm. bigger and bigger. And he actually had surgery on its lips because it would his lips would get bigger and yeah. his arm. Mm-hmm. So he was never really a well person. He always said when we were kids, he was like, You know, I'm gonna die one day, just so you know. Just be ready. I'm going to die. <laughs> okay. Thanks, like, Dad. Okay. Thanks for cheering us up. It was up. still, when it really did happen, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, were you, you were close to both your mom and dad? No. No? Not at all. But because they were. Kind of. Well, the, I mean, we were friendly. We were nice. But mm-hmm. they, we definitely had different, you know, I was not Mormon at all. Mm-hmm. Haven't been since I was like 15. Since they had you go to church and, <laughs> yeah. and made you go. Yeah. Since I would steal the car during sacrament meeting and <laughs> take off. I'm like, bye! <laughs> Going downtown to You're, hang out at Crossroads Mall. You were a wild child? Yeah, I was. But I was secretive, too. I didn't. They didn't really know. <laughs> I would sneak out of the, my bedroom window at night. Pay attention, Lola. This to, is very important stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I would go to the Palladium. Mm, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I saw your wife play there. Yeah, with uh, a, in a band, gamma rays probably. The gamma rays. Yeah, she was in the, the gamma rays for a while with the dead milkman. Mm-hmm. I just remember that the mm-hmm. other day. Mm-hmm. I was like, I remember seeing her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know she used to be a Palladium person, whatever they were, whatever the Palladium uh, people were. I don't <laughs> know. Aficionado. Yeah, <laughs> a, a, a devotee, a yeah. denizen of the Palladium. Well, there was a lot of cool things going on there that were creative and mm-hmm. fun for. I mean. In the 80s in Utah, like, nobody did that. It was a no. pretty, uh, uh, I mean, I was in, I think I was in, I was in Ogden at the time and didn't really know anything about the Palladium, but as I've heard about it and there have been some things written about it and stuff, it's it was a pretty, pretty yeah. wild and liberal scene yeah. for Salt they, Lake. Yeah, they did, there were drag shows and lip syncing and, you know. It was in, it was in Sugar to, House, right? Yeah. yeah, it actually is where Nordstrom's Rack is now, or oh, Michael's, yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? So whenever I go into Michael's, I'm like, oh. you know what? I remember going in the bathroom and smoking clove cigarettes. <laughs> clove cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> and then Man. throwing up because I couldn't smoke at all. Mm. Uh, and and so you you uh, uh, so you're, you're uh, do you have brothers and sisters? Are they still around? Or? Yeah, I'm the oldest of five. Mm. Um, there's four girls and one boy. And they're still in Salt Lake. Yep, 
door all in Salt Lake. Do they do they associate with you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> they like you. You're, you're you're okay. Just barely. Yeah. No, they we actually um get along really well. They're they're used to my like edgy side. <laughs> At first, they were, I mean, a lot of my siblings were all still in the church. So recently, I just, you know, Mm -hmm. one of my sisters and her husband just left, which was shocking. I couldn't believe they left. And and now none of them are? Only one is in the church still. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but this doesn't make any sense. Look, it doesn't make, everything contradicts everything. It doesn't make any sense. She's like, you know what? I feel like it's right. So I'm sticking with it. I'm well, like, okay, we'll have fun at sacrament meeting and teaching primary because <laughs> you know they're going to give you a job. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I, so uh, uh, you um, were uh, diagnosed with MS. Uh, how long ago was that? Well, I was only diagnosed like four years ago. But I probably have had, I know I've had it for like 20 because I had symptoms and I was asking my doctor, I'm like, why am I so tired? Why is my foot numb? Why is my leg numb? Why? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have this weird thing in my vision, this like light. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I would ask my you doctor. Just weren't getting, she's, you weren't getting a diagnosis though? No. She was like, no. Well, with the tired thing, she's like, you just need to get more sleep. And like, I don't think that's it. I just don't think that's it. Mm-hmm. And so the official diagnosis? Yeah, four years ago. she Well, just my regular yearly exam, she was looking at my eyes, and she's like, you should probably go get an MRI. They're not tracking right. So I got an MRI, and they gave me the CD, actually, at, um, at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And they said, the neurologist will call you, or the radiologist will call you in a couple of days. And I'm like, but I have the CD in my hand, and I know computers, and I'm like, I'm going to look at this. So Josh and I looked at the CD, and I started Googling things. I'm like, oh, my God, that's what it is. It's so obvious. Like, there's tons of scarring and plaque in my brain. So, yeah, so just tell people now that you – so you're, you be, have become more and more expert on what this all is all about. What is MS? It's actually an autoimmune disease. So your body just attacks itself, the lining, it's the lining around your nerves. Mm -hmm. So I get super hot and super cold and I'm really sensitive to things. And then it it also starts causing balance problems. And and what's the uh, long-term effects of it? Death. I mean, is that what will kill you? Is that MS? Well, I mean, for some people, yeah. But most people... Uh, some they'll just end up crippled, being wheelchairs, not be able to walk, paralyzed. talk, paralyzed. Yeah, paralyzed. Okay. They can't work, and I didn't really feel like I could work anymore. You know, mm-hmm. mainly because my mom, and that's another thing that MS. When you have extreme amounts of stress, it makes it worse. So I had like it's you know my mom was dying, and my job was mm-hmm. you know wasn't you know stressful. Ugh. They it wasn't working out there. So. What, um, but then some people uh, live with it and it doesn't like, uh, doesn't do that to them. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, immobilize them and they live with it forever, for until they pass away, you know, die of old age, essentially, right? Yeah, a lot of people do. Well, that's the weird thing. It's a random disease, kind of like diabetes. I mean, you could live for a Mm. long time, your whole life, and not have any problems. And then some people just get sick and die. 
because it's attacking your body. And then what is that? Uh, there's like remitting and re, re, yeah. what is all that? Relapsing, mm-hmm. remitting, and that's what I have. Relapsing, relapsing, remit. remitting MS. So some, so some, a lot of the time or a fair amount of the time you feel just fine? And Well, I mean, I think it, the lately with the heat too, that actually affects you more like stress and heat. Mm-hmm. It's kind of miserable. Mm-hmm. So I feel kind of dizzy, super dizzy right now. And her balance is like... It doesn't like it's always messed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then I, I want to talk about this now from the standpoint of of treatment, and and I don't know an awful lot about this, but you've done a tremendous amount of research into it. I know there are treatments for MS that are offered. Uh, well, here or any. Uh, any uh, so, so there, there. I mean, what is a just, just like right now? What is a, is there any line of treatment that yeah, you follow? There's really good. Well, I mean, the drugs do. are good, but yet they also cause effects. Um, the all the MS drugs kind of work the same in that they're trying to stop your immune system, so they're lowering your white blood cell count, uh-huh. so your body doesn't attack itself. But then my last. Not this last one, the one before. They were like, no, you should probably get off that because it's going to, you know, you're going to die. The side effects of the drugs are yeah. bad, too. Huh? Bad. And also there's this um, this virus that you can get called PML where it just, you know, you're dead in like a week. And there's nothing you can do about it. So. And it is it, it's, uh, uh, it, and is it the uh, the drugs, they're expensive, I would assume. Oh, yeah. The, but the last couple of ones, they were 50000 a year. And I, my insurance wouldn't pay for the last one, and they wanted. They were like, "You should. We want to see your tax returns. We want to see how much money you make." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh! Even if I paid like ten percent, that's a thousand dollars a year, and like or five thousand dollars a year would be insane." Fifty fifty thousand dollars a year for drugs. Yeah. Uh, now what? And you don't you don't have insurance through an employer? No. Uh. We we couldn't even get injured when back before Obamacare. So Obamacare helped you. Yeah, <laughs> we start. actually got insurance for the first time in like ten years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because you you're self employed, Josh. Yeah, so I'm self employed. So, so you so have we got to do it. Yep. Uh-huh. You have to find your own insurance. Uh-huh. Or, you have to yeah. find your own insurance. But back yeah, back then it was because of my occupation and yeah, not because this. Our one of our me. other daughters, she was having some hard time mentally for a bit, so mm-hmm. they would just deny us. And then after that, we got insurance for a bunch of years, and it was great. Mm. And now it's gotten real expensive. Yeah, but but with the new administration, (laughs) (laughs) so they're talking about you know giving rolling back the um, pre-existing conditions. Mm -hmm. No one'd be like, yeah, we should put all the sick people into one pool. Like, how does this make any sense whatsoever? No. This is awful. No, and then and then they're also talking about. I, uh, 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 most people in this country, I think most have uh, insurance through their employer, uh, and uh, they're now they're t- the Republicans are saying, well, we're going to start taxing the yeah. employers. Yeah, I. <laughs> That's I think, Jesus. I think it's kind of absurd how, and they they're like, well, you know, pull yourself up. Up by your bootstraps. I'm like, well, I'd do it if they would let me. Like, they wouldn't even let me have insurance. Mm. 
So, so there, but now there, you were telling me, and we've talked a little bit about it. There's a, there's a, an even kind of a more radical treatment for MS. Well, it's in phase three clinical trials here in the U.S. and in Canada, and but it's so insanely expensive. It's one hundred and forty thousand dollars to have it done. But if it can work, if it works, which ninety five percent people it does work, and they have a one percent morbidity rate, mortality rate. So, so, so it, it's essentially it's essentially a cure or a treatment that stops it. Yeah, it's a treatment that stops it. They call it halting the MS. They don't want to call it a cure. It's not a cure, really, because yeah. you'll still have it. Yeah, you'll still have it. But it'll stop it wherever you are in the yeah. progression of the disease. And some people have um, seen, you know, things come back and their balance come back. And I saw, I wa- I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos of people that have had it done. And there was a lady who, you know, basically had to hold on to furniture as she walked along and then you know, she had the treatment done, and then she was, like, you know, running down flights of stairs. I'm like, I can't – I have to hold on with two hands to go down any stairs, like, two steps. I'm like, I can hang on to something. $150,000. Here in the U.S., but they, they're doing it everywhere, mm-hmm. all around the world. In, and it's uh, cheaper – you were telling me it's cheaper in Mexico? Um, Mexico and Russia, Israel, they're all about the same, about 50000 Fifty fifty four five hundred isn't what it is in Mexico, but I liked the doctor there because he he actually came here to the U.S. and he worked at the Mayo Clinic, mm-hmm. and he's back in Mexico working. And his family is doctor. His dad was a doctor. His mm-hmm. son is a doctor. So, so that so that's the that's the goal then I guess. But yeah. and so why and why can't it doesn't I mean it sort of doesn't make any sense that. We can't just let everybody have that. Get it done. Well, it's still through. It has to be tested a bunch. And plus, even if it is comes on, you know, to be public, mm-hmm. they're thinking like 2020, it'll be available to everybody. Mm-hmm. But then you have to pay to get it done. Still be too, uh, prohibitively expensive. A lot of money. And it's up to your insurance to pay for your medication or any treatment. They could be like, no, we don't want to pay for that. They can say yes or no. Yeah. I didn't know that until this last medication. They were like, nope, I'm not going to pay for that. Um, but uh, so the thing about the Mexico uh, deal is that, uh, I mean, it's in clinical trials here in the U.S., so not, yeah. just not anybody. It doesn't matter if you have $150,000 or not. They may not. Yeah, I applied for you. it, mm-hmm. and they said, no, I wasn't bad enough. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they have a really small, narrow Mm-hmm. specific thing they're looking for like they don't want anybody too old too young too good too bad so they want a specific thing but in mexico they'll they'll that doctor will do it yeah here, if you yeah. get you got fifty thousand dollars we do yeah. it yeah i already applied and they said okay come on over but that, send your money says you're fifty four thousand five hundred right here and i'm like oh cool. shit <laughs> how am i gonna get that how am i gonna get that money do do you have any idea? Work on the streets. Huh? Work in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you really need to I don't know increase your inventory at Boostique. <laughs> yeah, but then I got to buy inventory. That's yeah, like, I mean it's cyclical. So yeah. so what's the, I don't know what's the plan? It, well, even in the people that do the clinical studies here, they are raising money for themselves to go get their things done. So that's why I created a website. 
and it's called re- RebootMeHSCT.org. And so you can get money on there. RebootMeHSCT.org. Yeah, HSC, HSCT is the treatment, what they call it, and it's hemopoietic, something with blood. Hemopoietic <laughs> stem cell treatment. Sure. So the ST. Whatever. <laughs> SCTs, stem cells treatment, HSTC. And so, yeah, I'm trying to gather money for that. And how, uh, but I mean, you don't, you don't have a, a huge network of, I, I mean, what? So, uh-huh. so you have the website. How do people, I mean, you just, you, people won't just stumble into it or. I mean, I've been telling people, but you know what? It's actually kind of embarrassing to ask people for money. Yeah. It sucks. And I don't like it, and I'm not that kind of person. I've always been, like, fiercely independent mm-hmm. since I was a kid, mm-hmm. since I stole the car. Stealing cars <laughs> at church. I was like, bye. Your mother I'm stole out. cars at church. I hope you know that. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Don't do that. Do now, huh? <laughs> she knows now. <laughs> I was a good driver. Oh, well, good. That's <laughs> So uh, I guess, and I don't know the the reach, you know, the, of this podcast. It's not huge, but I mean, reboot me, hsct. dot org. Yeah. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe that'll help a little. Yeah, I was I want I was going to do it through GoFundMe or something like that. My friend who is a financial person, she works for Franklin Covey. She was like. What, what percentage do they take? And I'm like eight or nine percent. She's like, that's too much. Just make your own website. Just have them pay, yeah. you know, through PayPal, which they do. Are, you are can do people that. doing that? Yeah, I've raised two thousand dollars. I only have fifty-two thousand left. <laughs> Hsct.org. I'm just writing that down. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so go go there and give Ivy some money, but it's. But you're right. It's it's not fair, kind of, for me to say that because I should be able to say that for you know whoever some somebody who lives next door to me who has MS or mm-hmm. you know you other people. I mean, it just our our this yeah. health insurance again. I won't I won't go system. off on it. I won't go off on it again. <laughs> it seems like I've been doing that every podcast lately. Damn yeah. health insurance. <laughs> Well, it's just not right that they they hold profit over people, like when they want to get rid of the, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is another thing about MS that I have is that words will escape you, and you'll just forget what you're saying. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know what I was saying. I was was I talking? I had a word in my mouth. <laughs> I can was see I it, but I don't. It kind of went somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it is, but it kind of sucks. And like, I don't know. I forgot what I was saying. Mm-hmm. It's kind of. Well, um, you know, I just thought it would be pretty, uh, and I think I was right. It was pretty interesting to sit down with the two of you and just kind of bullshit because we we've done it a little bit at drinking um, um, events. And uh, and I, and I thought, well, these, these guys are interesting to talk to. They have a story, so so we've told the story, I think. Um, yeah, and we've we've and, and you know, and now we never have to talk again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just I'll hear you on the radio. No, we got to talk all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you know, you're always free to uh, yell at the radio uh, or talk to the radio or uh, if you. 
Yeah. We got to have you come down and listen to music and hang out. Yeah. I'm kind of like your son, though, Like, but she makes me more social, but I'm kind of a recluse, <laughs> yeah, he, too. I don't know why you're reclusive, though. You're a good, you know, you're... You're a good conversationalist, and you just, uh, you just don't like people that well. <laughs> no, I kind of like them. I don't know. I think you just kind of get in your own little bubble sometimes. So yeah, it's, if they kind of, it's good to break out of it. Yeah. Uh, so, if uh, people want to find, uh, and you do, you'll do custom steel work for for anybody. Oh yeah, we'll make it. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah we're, we're like, like steel sluts. We'll just <laughs> we'll do anything if we can make a buck, and sometimes we don't make a buck, and sometimes we do, and. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll you've certainly done, try. You've done big projects, uh, steel fabrication projects, uh-huh. decorative projects. I've seen. Yeah. I saw your website, but you'll just come to somebody's house and say, "Oh, you want a railing, or you know what, whatever you need, yeah. or, uh-huh. or bar- bars on the on the windows." That sure. Yeah, we'll make bars on the windows. We'll make you furniture. We'll make you stereos. We'll make you anything. We'll make you whatever you want. So, how do people find you, Josh? They just can go to e uh, three fabrication dot com or. Mm-hmm. Best is to email me at josh at e3fabrication.com. Or. Okay. And uh, Ivy, we can find you most of the time at Booze Teak, yeah. uh, which is on 3rd South uh, between 3rd and 4th East. Yeah, 315 oh, East. 315 East. Broadway. Mm-hmm. And that's convenient because you can usually find Bill at Booze Teak. So I stop in occasionally. I stop in occasionally. So uh, so do that, and uh, you, you have a again. What's the uh, website for? Reboot me, hsct dot org. All right. For a long time, I kept getting the letter backwards. <laughs> It was annoying. Oh, and also, if you want to, if you want on your phone, you can send a text to triple four triple nine, and then the text type reboot me, Mm -hmm. one word, no spaces, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if it's uppercase or lowercase, Mm -hmm. and then you could, if you want, if you're so inclined, you can go, you can give that way, triple four triple nine. And then you have, but then you have the text. You just text the word reboot me. Okay. One right. word, no spaces. All right. Thank uh, you. That's it, I think. Thanks. Thanks, uh-huh. guys. Uh, the Avenue's Bistro on 3rd. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're uh, Speakeasy. And there's Don't a, talk it's a, about it. It's a lovely Gosh. place. Yeah, and actually, um, Kathy, who owns this, she does. She lives just a couple doors away, and she grows a lot of her stuff that she cook, She makes here. If you walk over, you can see her, her garden is all in her yard. And actually, her son-in-laws, two of them have MS. One's oh. kind of good. He's he's functional. The other one's not, you know, he's a little more. He's is, struggling. Is it hereditary, do we know, or is it just? Yeah, it can it can be, but it can be environmental, too. Mm. That They don't really know exactly, but they do know the kids do have parents who have it mm-hmm. have a higher chance of having it but it could be also if you live above the 38th parallel <laughs> um huh. i wonder why that is, n- that is well, cause it's uh because it's warmer and there's more light down past the mm. you know mm-hmm. is that longitude or latitude i can't remember i don't uh, but longitude. it's past salt lake like, latitude yeah mm-hmm. So if you live in the, if you live in the horse latitudes, you're really I don't even know where those are. I just yeah, have heard horse. people say that the horse latitudes. I need to look that up. Yeah, I forget where it is, but there is something called the horse latitudes. Wow, uh, learned something. Okay, um, thanks you guys. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks the Avenue's Bistro on Third. Delicious. 
uh, stuff and uh, just check it out. It's on Third Avenue in the Avenues. Um, you'll find it, but it's uh, not quite. To, it's not to I. I know that. Yeah. Google it. You'll be fine. It's between E and I uh-huh. on on Third. I think that's H or G Street, right there. On Is the it corner. H? Okay. H or, I think it might be between G, G All right. and H. That's it. That's so. Let's go eat show. Thanks, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember, uh, listen, um, pour me a drink. You always got to pour me a double. <laughs> <laughs>